Hello again, friends. It's me, Ivan Pugioni. Welcome to another episode of In Melbourne Last Week, where I talk to various people about their occupations, their hobbies, their projects, or uh, any kind of things that are going on in their lives. You can reach me via email. You can send me one at inmelbournelastweek at gmail.com if you want to be a guest or let me know what you think of the episodes. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Twitter at imlastweek, Facebook at inmelbournelastweek, and you can follow me personally at Ivan C. Pugioni. My guest for this week has uh, an incredible story. Um, her name is Carlina Clark, and I worked with her for probably about a year or so ago, about six or seven years ago. And she uh, she actually reached out to me after I broadcast or after I did my episode of um, where I talked about my cancer surgery. And wow, she told me her story and what she'd been going through, and and I I was stunned, you know. So I thought, you know what, you, you got to come on the podcast and and tell us your story. It's it's incredible. Um, so she she was in a car accident um, back in 2011 or 2012, and uh, she developed these issues where her balance was kind of uh, out of line, and she needed uh, what's called prism glasses. And uh, basically, her she was very disoriented in terms of you know vision, and and she was very sensitive to things like noise and and everything which was really remarkable um she ended up getting um, checked and, and last year she was diagnosed uh, with a condition visual midline shift syndrome and uh, she had been getting treatment for it and and she's doing a lot better from what she tells me and uh, she talks about that and uh, her experiences and and how she ended up being diagnosed and also things about how she's been getting into acting and modeling and and that sort of thing and she tells me about how that's kind of helped her get through as well and she's also been appointed recently as the secretary for the Moorabbin Cricket Club. Uh, Moorabbin's a suburb in the east of Melbourne and um, they're looking for players so if you want to join I'm going to leave the details in the show notes on their website if you want to register or be involved. Uh, They're all volunteers over there so um, I'll leave those details in there and if you're interested be sure to get in touch with uh, with uh, Carlina and and the club. Anyway, I'm still reeling from her story. It's it's quite quite remarkable what she was going through, and I can relate to some things that she that she mentioned. So uh, I'm not going to leave it any longer. Here's a chat with my old co-worker, Carlina Clark. Carlina, it's been a really long time since I've seen you. It really has. Man, we worked, um, I think, geez, what was it? I, I moved to Melbourne in 2010, and I think I started the company that you worked for at that year. And I think I, I worked with you, what, 2011, maybe 2012? Yeah, 2012, and I finished up there 2013. Yeah, yeah. So it's been uh, yeah, a very long time, and, and you listened to one of my episodes and you reached out to me. So, um, yeah, that's I how did. I guess we got into contact. I loved listening to your story and... Um, it was very uplifting and inspiring for me to see someone else who'd gone through things that most people wouldn't take on with a smile and it sounded like that you you just really had the right attitude walking into that situation. Yeah, well, I mean, for me it was rough as hell, but I had a very good medical team. I had support from family and friends, my partner as well. So, you know, it all it all worked out and, and they got it early. Like, I, I'm sure, like, I've got half a hip, hip at the moment, but, you know. I'm 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 basically living life as normal, which yeah. is great. So everything's so virtually the same. So, yes. Yeah. It's no no big deal. And I think it's that moment where you've never had an experience like that before, and you don't know what's going to happen next. And that was the same in my situation. I've 
all of a sudden just been experiencing life unlike anything what it was prior to that and I had to figure out how to deal with it but what I always put forward was the goals and ambitions for myself and for my children and so how who I wanted to be as a parent how I wanted to parent what outcomes I wanted for them that's what I put at the fore of my mind every time no matter how much pain or difficulty I was going through yeah I mean and Carlina you reached out to me and you you told me your story which I mean we where do we begin? I mean, tell me, it's it's a it's a lot of ebbs and, and flows and, geez, I mean, where where would you like to where would you well, like to start? Well, bizarrely, it starts back when we were working together, and you and I were within the same company, electricity company yeah. and an organisation, but we didn't really have anything to do with each other, um, and I had what is a classified maybe as a minor car accident um traveling at 60 kilometers an hour someone didn't give way on a side street and pushed me into another car jeez and yeah i had some whiplash and i i went to hospital that night yeah other than getting treated by the physio for whiplash there didn't seem to be there wasn't anything that anybody could observe really being wrong with me but i did start to notice some unusual things and say some unusual things and they weren't significant to me in the beginning yeah um so i was about maybe six weeks after the accident and and the treatment for my neck for the whiplash was feeling done but i said to my physio i feel i know i'm standing upright i know you've just corrected my posture and Mm. everything with the treatment but i actually feel like i'm off to the side and he just looked at me with a blank face so like, you so you felt like everything was at an angle i i i wanted to reposition my body to correct it to where i actually thought felt like was straight right which was on an angle okay so your perception i guess of balance was a bit compromised yes i guess yes oh wow okay and so i was back at work and i was working team leading in the operations role that i had been and it and I just wasn't coping anymore the way and and this went on for six months to the point where um, I'd gone through coming to late repeatedly and I was nearly um, managed out of the business because of my performance and everything and I said can I please cut back my hours mm-hmm. and the, and they let me and that's when um, I, I actually changed to a, a project manager type role and I was working across all the teams of the business and that's when you and I started to, to work together a bit more because I was working with all of the teams. Yeah, wow. Um, so I still went on um, and coped okay with those amount of hours um, but because the business went through what it did, losing mm. the client mm-hmm. and all the redundancies, yeah. I was moved out of the business because of the redundancy. So again, nothing was really getting picked up. Um, I did try to um, get another role within the company, again, another higher position, but I wasn't successful in that because my work output was nothing like what it had been before. Yeah. My language um, and my writing ability had been affected and it was all just coming through little bits at a time. Nothing was it wasn't like when you have the accident and the whiplash, you go from having no symptoms to having lots of symptoms and a clear indicator as to why that's happened. I'd gone through having just 
noticing a few things and not necessarily relating it back to the accident to begin with. So at what point did you realise, like after all this build-up of things like symptoms that, that, that came up, what, at what point did you realise, look, I think something's wrong? Like, when, like how, how far after the accident did that happen? Um, so the next job that I had after leaving the electricity company, I worked uh, in a cafe uh-huh. and I just took part-time work to begin with because I was extremely stiff and sore. So I've developed an additional condition to what actually occurred from, from the accident. Um, and that condition is called fibromyalgia. Which so, I, I read about. That's, that's inflammation, I believe, of the muscles and the, and the bones. Yes. Yeah, and there's currently no cure for it. No. Oh. It's just a condition that I manage on a day-to-day basis. Sure. Um, and so I was already, at the time of the redundancy, experiencing a lot of inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I opted to go for some part-time work instead. And within a couple of months of working at the cafe, they'd asked me to step up and be the manager, which I did. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, the skill set and the mind was still there. Um, But that when I worked full time there, that's when I really started to know that something was majorly wrong. I felt dizzy every day going from looking down at the counter and working on sandwiches or coffee or whatever and then looking up at a customer so that was a bit disorienting so disorientated and i started to become sensitive to the to noise so the noise of the coffee machine and the music playing in the cafe by the end of the shift it was just i was so crippled with stiffness and everything because of an overload of sensation my goodness Um, The most notable uh, occurrence for me was I was standing behind another member of staff at the cafe and there was only a little narrow uh, gap between the bench and that other staff member to get through. And I wanted to just walk through. Like there was enough room for me to just walk forward. But there was this sense of, no, don't walk forward and I put my hand actually on the the counter and um, and on the person to know where I was in that space. I used my sense of touch oh, to actually navigate through that space. Oh, that would have been very daunting. I couldn't actually use my vision. Oh no. And and it wasn't. And also because I was just in so much pain and just I I didn't really understand that there was something that was bringing about all this like yeah that was weird and everything but I just still dismissed it it wasn't what was my priority my priority was making a living and looking after my children and I wasn't giving myself the attention that to see that to, yeah, even imagine that there was something that needed attending in me. Yeah, well, uh, like for me, I learned, like, because for me, like, I, I, t- I talked about it on, on my episode. Yes. I had leg pain and knee pain for like eight months. Yes. And it, I was, and like you, obviously not as severe as what you experienced, but, you know, to me, my instincts kicked in and I thought, no, nah, there's a point. Something's wrong. Yes. You know what I mean? So, I mean, after all that, like, despite the fact it got worse and worse and you still you know, you were saying that you thought, oh, no, it's probably nothing. Like what, was there like an event or an incident or like did you have like a thought or a premonition or something and where suddenly you thought, no, this no, this is ridiculous, i got to go see someone? 
Um, this is where just luck seems to to play a factor. I was listening to a radio program on the ABC and they were speaking about another gentleman who'd been in a motor vehicle accident over there in the US. Yeah. And he um, was having similar disorientation things and cognitively the way that he was having conversations, he was repeating himself and... Um, mentally my language skills when I reached out in my mind to to find the next word that I wanted to say it just wasn't there yeah I just couldn't access it so I was having a lot of difficulty explaining what was wrong with me anyway and as I'm listening to this program I was going oh wow that's that's me um, yeah one of the examples which was even more extreme than what I went through for him is that if he wanted to walk through a doorway that was on the right-hand side, he would turn around left to, um, 275 oh, degrees so instead to go of, through. Instead of just turning right, he turned left and do basically an about-face. Yes, yeah. to get through that doorway. Ah. And so mine wasn't that extreme, Yeah, yeah. but I could definitely relate. And so... What they were talking about in the the podcast, the therapy that he sorry in the radio program, the therapy that uh, he had to fix it was actually hit with his eyesight, and okay. they gave him prism glasses. Oh. And um, I didn't know what that was about or anything, oh, but course. I talked to anybody and everybody that I knew about this radio program for a week afterwards. I did actually um, email the company that was mentioned in the radio program, but I didn't hear back from them because um, I was trying to find out if there was someone in Australia that did the same thing that what this company did in the US. Yeah, okay. And uh, it turned out that it's called behavioural optometry. But yeah. So it's yeah. A, a strain of, of optometry which um, until recent years has been considered to be a bit of... Uh, just airy fairy or whatever because um, it wasn't seen as what serious it wasn't medicine seen or as serious, serious medical practice. Yes, and the reason for that is is because the medical community didn't believe that brains could change. They the the history and the research so far was that brains were fixed and that they didn't change. But now that the research and the evidence is there to show that brains can change and can be rewired, they. This sort of um, optometry is actually becoming more mainstream. Yeah, 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 and more widely accepted. Yes. Okay, so you got a, you got a set of prism glasses. I got a set of prism <laughs> glasses, <laughs> okay. and basically what that is is that it's thick on one side mm-hmm. and around the the base of one corner, and regular on the opposite side, and so it's changing my sense of center so what was actually wrong with me is called a midline shift syndrome yeah you mean, yeah i was reading about that too before you came yeah and, and and just to note you're not actually wearing those glasses at the moment so well i did walk in with them oh yeah um, yeah, yeah and yeah, i've yeah. taken them off because i'm getting to that point now where i'm starting to not need them anymore i've recovered that much fantastic that's always great to see yeah well, well done <laughs> i'm so excited and yeah 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 Mentally as well, I, I've i recently been able to take on new projects like um, being a secretary of a cricket club board, the Moorabbin Cricket Club, mm-hmm, yep. and I've been able to produce documents for sponsorship and take minutes at meetings yeah. and do all these things that I did back when I was at the electricity company five years ago. And you and, feel like your old self again. Oh, yes, yeah. getting close to. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. 
Wow. No, that's that's very remarkable. <laughs> it's not every day I get a guest, you know, with this. Yes. Kind of this kind and of when that happened, yeah. when I found out, listened to that radio program, that was at the start of last year. Yeah. So it's 2012 was when I had the accident, 2017 is when I started to actually get treatment. So you've had that five or six years of just confusion and yes. you weren't sure what was going on. Yeah. My God. And I guess a bit of, did you feel any kind of self-denial? Like, do you think, oh, it's probably all in my head? You know? um, well, I did as a result of what was going on. Yeah. Um, I, I developed anxiety and depression yeah. um, quite severely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was getting a lot of treatment for that. I've seen a psychiatrist for the last four years and she's been fantastic. The different types of ther- therapies that she's done with me. One's called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and I can't remember what the R stands for. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, but it's, again, it's about rewiring the brain. And so she helped me, with even without the glasses, she helped me to get in touch with my language skills again. She helped me to be able to label some of the sensations I was experiencing and slow my anxiety down so that I could notice what was going on and be able to communicate better with practitioners because to begin with i was just going into the doctors just going "Eh, Mm. i just don't feel good just fix me you know and they need more information than that to go on and make a diagnosis of course and i mean (laughs) in your situation i mean you ended up getting help uh, even though it was five years six years in the making but you you did get the help i I mean for someone i guess who may be listening you know in australia or around the world for this podcast i mean what for people who might be experiencing, who might have had a similar traumatic incident or, or something of that nature, and they are developing those symptoms, what do you what 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 message do you have for them? Just it is very much a, a personal journey, and 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 taking on a, and being mindful. So one of the other things that I've developed a really good meditation practice, and and being mindful and noticing. And, and taking notes and writing things down. Um, I, I needed help with my memory as well, so making notes, but that's not related to what you've asked. You've asked in relation to how I got through all that was just be learning to be mindful. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you do need to be able to communicate. So if you don't have the words to express your feelings, find them i the amount of times i've typed a word in um and and this is a practice i've been doing for the last few years i never used to do this but i would put a word in which would be a common word that everyone else would use um into google and and get the meaning for it and go okay yes yes that is what i'm feeling that is what i'm experiencing and then start to use that word again um so it was quite incredible that something that was affecting my vision was also affecting my language and communication skills as well goodness yeah that that's incredible yeah <laughs> well you you i mean you're, you're looking great and uh you know you're you know it was great that you're uh that you're here and uh yeah and I'm, I'm really grateful to have uh you know brought your message out to the world it's uh changed um ha- having this experience and and doing everything for my anxiety and depressions really helped me um move my confidence from one extreme to the other i now um 
do things like model for life drawing classes. Mm, I was going to ask you what else. What else are you doing at the yeah, moment? Because I've seen on on your Instagram you're doing like uh, you did a bit of acting, I think, as well. I didn't did you? do yeah. some acting as or well. Extras was it extras work? I mean, what what, what was I've it? done both. I've done some extras work through an agency, so I um, got to be on set for. Um, Wentworth. Oh, great. Um, you played one of the prisoners. <laughs> I was one of the guests, uh, one of the visitors in, ah. in the prison room. Uh, you didn't have to, you didn't wear the jumpsuits. I didn't wear the jumpsuits, <laughs> no. And um, also got to be a dancer on um, a, an ABC um, program, Dr. Blake Mysteries. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But working on the Deakin Uni student film, The Morning After, that was a lot of fun having a speaking role and working for the whole two days um, actually performing in that way. I'm, or I still put out applications every so often um, for, for more roles. I did audition recently for another one, but I, I missed out on this occasion. But yeah, and and living my life in this way, doing things out of interest and for fun and, and bringing some fun back in my life. It's also been really good for my kids. My yeah. eldest son, Ethan, who's 12, is following in my footsteps. So he's taking acting classes now. Oh, fabulous. And he's also going to be um, putting a video audition for an Australian feature film. And oh. You know, it's not about whether you get it or not. It's just about doing something that, that lights you up. Because you only live once. You might as well just enjoy it and do what you want, Absolutely, right? absolutely. And I loved all these things back when I was 18. Yeah. And so it is kind of like full circle that I've, whatever's happened, it doesn't matter. I'm alive. I'm here. There's things to do and I love. And <laughs> I know the feeling. Just yeah. go for it. Yeah. I know the feeling. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> You're here and, and just, just do it. Yes. Yeah. You've yeah. had like a renaissance, I guess, in terms of your personal, you know, growth and your um, career and yeah. everything. Yeah. I, I had a little quote. I've used lots of quotes over these last few years to help propel me forward. And one of them was, some of the best days of your life are still ahead of you. Yeah. And I just like, that's really powerful. That yeah. I don't have to get bogged down in whatever pain or negativity that I'm feeling moment to moment because out there ahead is is something really delightful coming and, and I can put my mind on that instead and, and that just helps to relax the muscles, relax the fibro condition and move me forward. And uh, I'm sure your kids, you know, your, your two boys help you out, you know? Oh, absolutely. They, yeah. They are little treasures. They... They are remarkable and, and I get complimented on them all the time for how responsive and intelligent and kind they are. They do and well in school, I imagine. Yes, yeah. and I, I could not be prouder um, of them and, and I'm so excited. Uh, Ethan will be moving off to high school next year yeah, and yeah. so it's about to embark on that whole new big journey and yeah, yeah <laughs> nerve-wracking but... At the same time, as long as I'm doing a good job with them, that that's that that's all that that matters. And um, the the amazing thing was was because of this condition for two whole years prior to the diagnosis and even sort of the first six months actually into wearing my glasses, I had a reminder that went off on my phone every single morning, and that reminder was to live with 
integrity so that I am showing respect to my children because they look up to me. So respect the role that I have as their role model. And I needed that reminder every day. Um, but it worked and I could not be happier about where I am. Yeah. So you're in a really good place at the moment. Yes. Yeah. And and even better, like you, you said that you were appointed a, a secretary of the Moravan Cricket Club. Yes. So uh, tell us a bit about the uh, the club. Uh, so the club has been growing over the last few years. Um, I have been coaching already for the last three years. Um, oh, you've been you've been a cricket coach. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've been coaching my two boys. <laughs> and um, do the other kids say, you know, do you give them like if they say, "Mum, can I go first slip?" You know. Oh, there, <laughs> can I go for no that? favoritism. I, 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 I know there's none of that. I don't. Absolutely I don't feel no. like running today. Do <laughs> no, I just no. put me in the slips? No, no, no. none of that. No okay. favoritism. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um. So it was the end of um, last season, which is uh, March this year, that uh, one of the past players of the club whose other social committee member approached me and said, I've really been impressed every time that I've I've seen you out there coaching the kids and and I think that you'd be a good addition to our board. You know, we, Ah. we should catch up and have a chat. Yeah, great. And it took me a good couple of months to come around to actually wanting to do it, but... Um, I'm really pleased that I am and uh, it just amazes me how much time people give as volunteers. Everybody on the board is a volunteer. Yeah. Every coach is a volunteer and it's just hundreds of hours that people put in so that others may enjoy that. And I didn't even appreciate that. Even over the last few years when I've been coaching, I didn't appreciate how much others were doing to run the club. Yeah. And I, I'm really glad to be to giving something back and, and working. And um, the other part of it is, is just that, that community feel that I'm part of something bigger and those connections and bonds that I'm making with these people over cricket and is now also moving into other areas of my life you know I can just reach out to these people and then they would be there for me and and that means a lot to know that people have got my back yeah it's like a community like a you got a lot of support yes Galena. yeah it's yeah. great and I'll put details about the I, I imagine there is a website for the Moravan Cricket Club yes all right I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes Fantastic. for today's episode so because we are looking for um, new players in the in the junior level and we're also trying to get all girls and all women's team happening yep. great so if my fibro condition um, plays nice, then I will actually be able to play as yeah, well. Yeah. Are you more of a bats person or a, a bowler? Bowler. Bowler. Nice. Fast, medium, spin. What's your What's your? Um, I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just throw the throw the ball. I just throw. The, I just do what I do. I'm actually doing this backwards in that I'm learning all the terms now as an adult. <laughs> right. I never played competition or for a club when I was a kid. I just played backyard cricket every year, and it's that love for cricket that I've now passed on to my kids and the reason why we're we're here where we are well i hope to see you all uh, you know in the whites and uh you know ready to go so kalina thank you so much for uh, for being with me it's been great talking to you and seeing you again thank you yeah how's that for a story (laughs) incredible stuff thank you very much kalina it was really nice talking to you what can i say it was a terrific chat and um, i'm really glad you're you're doing well so thank you again for for being with me if you want to get in touch send me an email in melbourne last week at gmail.com and you can find me on social media facebook twitter and instagram i'll leave those details in the show notes have a good one and i'll see you next time with another very special guest take care